Today's guest is Dorothy Lee, Chief Technology Officer of Convoy, a logistics and software company based in Seattle, Washington, that has raised nearly a billion dollars in funding. Dorothy spent over a decade at Amazon, where she served as Vice President of User Experience, then of BI and Analytic Services at AWS. In conversation with Emerge Head of Research Daniel Fagella, she explains the best strategies she's cultivated over the course of her career for communicating benefits of AI projects to non-technical leadership. Dorothy also puts a finer point on how Google, AWS, and Microsoft are lowering the barriers to entry for SMEs looking to start in AI and democratizing data science roles that were highly specialized just a few years ago. Dorothy also puts a finer point on how Google, AWS, and Microsoft are lowering the barriers to entry for SMEs looking to start in AI and democratizing data science roles that were highly specialized just a few years ago. Without further ado, here's their conversation. So, Dorothy, welcome back to the show. Thank you. And we're diving into a totally separate topic. Last time we were in the world of logistics specifically. Today we get to talk about the whole of your career experience. You spent time within big tech. Now you're in kind of more of the startup ecosystem. Everybody across that chain has to sort of think about some of the same considerations when it comes to AI projects. And today we're not talking about the technical side. We're talking about winning buy-in and, and seeing AI projects through to success. Often this is going to involve getting business leaders on board with a project. And this is about more than just, can we make it sound spicy and exciting enough? We have to convey the details and frankly, the complexity of AI in an honest way to let them know what they're up against. Because some of the stuff is iterative. There's no guaranteed push button. It's going to work for you. So we have to address that. But we also don't want to talk about too many technical complexities because then we're, of course, going to scare them off and we'll never be able to bring an AI project to life, even if it's a good one. So how do you like to think about communicating with business leaders who might not be AI experts. Yeah. And and you still want to maybe see a project through. Yeah. Well, I would sort of start, of course, start with the, the benefits of AI tailored for their industry. And I just talk about in for the in the kind of logistics industry that I'm in and looking at some of the similar industries that I had exposure to when I was at AWS, one of the big benefits of AI and you know, people like to think of it, is it replacing human or is it, I like to think of AI as augmenting human, making humans superheroes. And so in the logistics industry, we have, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of manual labor. There's a lot of undifferentiated heavy lifting, just, you know, just getting a phone call to try to figure out where a shipment is or trying to figure out when is this facility going to be open? What is the workflow for a particular shipper? And all these things, a lot of these heavy lifting, kind of the dirty work really can be done with machines and with, with AI, such that the humans really work on the exception, work on things that truly require a human touch or a human workflow. A lot of our you know, truck drivers do like to talk to a human. And so we can focus our operators on these efforts to truly add value as opposed to trying to figure out when that shipment is going to be on time. Yeah. So in this case, we're, we're focused a little bit less industry specific. And also, of course, every vendor, and I'm sure you can understand this, every vendor in the world that's ever been on the show, it's always like, AI will never replace anybody. No one will ever be replaced by AI, right? That's that's the default line. Everybody has to say it. You've said it. It's fine. Every industry, I think, is going to be different. But I, I get that you have to say what you have to say. 
And, and I'm not saying that your tech is different. I don't think that the future will play out however it plays out in that regard. What we're going into for this particular series is around what it takes, regardless of sector, to communicate the value of an AI project to an audience who does not write Python, and they have not had a lot of rich experience with AI projects. One of the things you led with is around communicating benefits. Obviously, that's a really big part of it. And I think you're, you're, it's probably very sound advice to lead with what is the change that this could do that maybe traditional IT couldn't do. So totally agree with you there. I guess what I'd love to know from your experience, I mean, knowing the companies you've worked for, is around how you communicate the realistic potential complexity of, of these more robust projects from time to time without spooking people. Because as you know, many vendors went into the ecosystem, you know, four or five years ago, and it was like, yep, you plug it in, we're going to predict everything. It's it's literally that easy. Just give us the money, right? And of course, you know, there was a lot of training time and there was some iterating per client and and a lot of people weren't prepared for that. And they thought that that was a downside because they weren't told about that up front. And so it was kind of a little bit not honest to, to not give them an expectation about where things were going. How do you address some of the onboarding, training, integration yeah. stuff without making it something that scares somebody yeah. away from a valuable project. Yeah. I would say, you know, if you asked me this five years ago, or even maybe two years ago, I'd have said, yeah, that you know, you have to embrace the fact that there's a lot of training and there's complexity. Yeah. But the world of AI and, you know, NLP and AI has seen so many advancements in the last few years. And there are so many great tools. And there's just so many base models that have come out that you can use that I think we've really reduced, you know, with Google, AWS, and, and, and Microsoft all really put a lot of effort into kind of the adoption of AI that I think the barrier for entry, if you will, have reduced quite a bit in the last few years. However, what I would say is that you no longer have to figure out how do you recognize a cat from a dog if you want to do image yeah. recognition. You know that, or in the case of NLP, the, you know, we talked about how you, how you figure out an intent from a piece of email or a word set, and that's become much, much easier. But you do need to be able to apply your own business domain knowledge and then figure out the nuances of applying a piece of maybe generic AI, NLP, or a you know image recognition, a model, and how you apply it to your domain. And I think I'm actually very optimistic with if I would talk to your your business audience, the, the barrier for entry has 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 just reduced so much in the last few years. I'd certainly concur. And in, in different industries it's it's sort of presented differently, right? So many there are many companies who will not access AI, period, until it's baked into SaaS and they just don't see it. And until it's something that really has been able to be pre-trained enough. So the easiest AI application in the universe, you know, if you're talking about computer vision, would be motion detection for our security cameras, right? Tell me anytime there's a, a vehicle beyond this size or anytime there's a person creeping around in one of these parking lots. We don't need your data, Mr. Person who owns a parking lot. Like that's pre-trained. We jack it in, you're done. Many companies will never touch AI unless it's that simple. We don't really even think about that like AI because we're totally bypassing actually the hard stuff. There are some projects, obviously, that will involve some interaction really with the the customer themselves. But as you mentioned, even some of those are starting to become easier as tool sets become more accessible, certain kinds of norms for for ML ops become more common, et cetera, et cetera. 
you know, some people literally are just going to buy a, a product where it is already completely pre-trained. You, you don't know the difference between software and AI. For others, though, even if they buy it and a lot of it is out of the box, and in many industries, yours in particular, I think in, in the transportation world, a lot of it is going to have to be out of the box, right? We're not working with, oh, we'll just talk to our 12 data scientists. Yeah, what 12 data scientists? So a lot of it will have to come out of the box. But still, sometimes there will be a period where we need to normalize and train and understand some of the patterns of the data within, let's say, your equipment or your customer messaging, et cetera. And we need to set the ground rules that, hey, some of this is going to be trained on you. Here's the amount of time that normally takes. You know, and some people might feel like, oh, that sounds much harder than IT. But of course, it lets us do things beyond IT. But how do we both convey the realities of some of that adoption without taking away from, you know, some of those benefits? I think the reality is that, yes, you're absolutely right. There's going to be the most applicable use case of AI to your use case, in many cases, may need you to train the data yourself and to enhance on the base algorithm. And so now with some of the companies I talked about, they have tools that allow folks, even your IT folks, to be able to use these tools like SageMaker, for example, from AWS to be able to take AI, take your data and to be able to train on the model. Uh, so I think there is, we see a, almost a, what I think is a democratization of from specializing in AI where you really need specialized ML engineers, data scientists to be able to have your IT folks, your developers, your application developers to be able to take some of these tools and to be able to use the machine learning and train based on your use case. Certainly. And that, that's, that's, I think, where the space is moving in any industry. I completely agree with you that accessibility really has made some, some inroads. Even, you know, since COVID, it's a pretty big leap. Still there, you know, as you'd mentioned, there's sometimes that onboarding and kind of training period where we've got to interact with Mr. Boss or Mrs. Boss in the boardroom. Hey, you know, and it's, it's not like, yep, we plugged it in and here's how we're predicting everything you ever wanted to know. It's like, hey, we plugged it in. And, you know, here, here's, here's what we're training on. Here's what, here's the data we're still getting some access to. We're working with Sally on that. There's those kinds of updates that are new for them. Is there kind of a roadmap or a way to address or talk about some of that stuff up front or, or a way that you recommend, I guess, bringing up some of those things that are different from IT? They're not necessarily bad, but, but they're different. Yeah. And, and that is, to your point, that is a journey. I would say that the very fundamentals of AI is really in your data. And so different from IT is we need to start thinking about like really data is the foundation for AI. And so the very first step every organization needs to take when you're thinking about taking on AI machine learning is look at the data needed and look at where you are in your data platform, where you are in your data journey. And so if you don't already have a chief data officer or you have folks that are really focused on, you know, where your data is and whether you have where your, you know, your data infrastructure, data strategy, that's a good, usually a good starting point is to start with that data. Do you find that in some cases, the vendor is the one that's kind of starting the conversation around what's the state of our data? Because I know a lot of companies maybe haven't done a 360 on what's accessible, what's not, what's high quality, what's not. Is this often something that has to be picked apart early in a project to sort of introduce customers to, to these ideas? Yes, very much so. I would recommend that every conversation really starts with 
what what is the state of your data? What is the data needed to be able to be effective for for your AI project? And there are you know both companies out there, and my guess is it, depending on the state of you know your how mature your IT and data platform is, and your your internal IT organization may already have a point of view of how mature you are in this journey. Yeah, so get a benchmark for that in some way, shape, or form. So I've got a couple things kind of jotted down from our interview thus far. I'll see if there's anything else you want to add in. The idea for those of you listening in today is whether you're an outside vendor or consultant or whether you're an inside project leader, when you talk to the C-suite, there's certain things you want to bear in mind about AI projects. One of them was being able to kind of lead with the value of where AI maybe can, can bring some benefit beyond IT, beyond something that's just plug and play. So knowing that we have to begin with value, why, why talk about technology for its own sake? It's for a purpose. A second thing you're bringing up here is the fact that some of this stuff has become more accessible, but even with that being the case, it still makes sense to lead with a conversation around data. So as the person posing the project, whether you're in a company or outside, maybe it makes sense to, to think what kinds of data would this project require and be prepared to crack that open and understand that and have that be part of your early conversations with leadership. Really go go in knowing what kind of data you need and be prepared to open up what is the maturity of this stuff. That's right. And I think adding to the first is really important to understand your own use case, right? We can, you know, you can use AI in a very generic way, but at the end of the day, it's always going to be particular use cases, almost a user story that you can talk about that's really applicable to your company that's going to kind of get the minds imagine what these what the benefits are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't just know the benefits, know what it looks like. What's a day in the life? Are you explaining it in a way that a business person could understand? You and I have probably both seen so many people who have a great pitch if you love data and think it's really cool to use AI, right? But but what you really need is a pitch for someone who wants a result and they just need to be able to see the result in their mind without having any familiarity with all the wacky wild stuff that you're going to have to do. So so yeah, it sounds like have a thorough enough understanding of your use case where you can communicate that as well. Cool. And maybe have an idea of the priorities of what those are. Yeah. I, I'm almost imagining somebody, you know, an internal project leader at a, a big enterprise somewhere, like before they go to the C-suite and sort of present a possible project that could really help with something, being like, hey, I'm going to talk to them. I want to explain it the way I'm going to explain it to you. And I need you to tell me if this makes sense or not, right? Like a reality check. Am I saying this use case well? Because I'm about to talk to the boss. I, I feel like most people would benefit from a little bit of that because it's so easy to get lost in the weeds with this stuff. I agree. It's important to be very specific. Yes. Specific and concrete. So cool. A good sort of cementing of some things that hopefully some of you, our listeners, will be able to put into practice when it comes to speaking to the C-suite. When there's a project worth fighting for, it makes sense to do so, but it makes sense to do so in a way that's smart. And Dorothy, I appreciate you being able to share some of your expertise on, on how to do just that. So I know that's all we have for time for this episode, but glad to have you again with us here on the program. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dan. Wrapping up here on the AI and Business Podcast, I think Dorothy put a very noteworthy point on assessing the maturity of IT platforms and use cases to find the data that enables AI projects to transform businesses. Also, in starting conversations about AI projects with non-technical leaders, her emphasis on the importance of leading with juxtaposing the changes to the business that AI can make, but traditional IT systems cannot, is particularly compelling. 
On behalf of Daniel and the entire team here at Emerge, thanks so much for joining us today, and we'll catch you next time on the AI and Business Podcast.